Joining me this year, this evening, Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs as we present Crossover Wednesdays. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, it's not like you guys have anything going on right now, though. Um, yeah, it's quite qu- kind of quiet over here. You know, three straight losses and not much going on. Um, look, absolutely crazy day. Um, we kind of had a feeling we were getting close to this after the Tampa Bay loss. There was a lot of talk that, you know, Hugh Jackson's seat was getting extremely hot, which, you know, for me, it wasn't a surprise. Um, the fact that he was still here for this season was more of a surprise to me. Um, and then, of course, you know, Hugh has his defenders within the NFL community and the Cleveland community who wanted to bring up the fact that maybe, you know, Todd Haley would go. And then within about an hour and 15 minutes, both of them were gone. Greg Williams is in charge. Uh, Which, to me, is the most surprising part of all of it. With what Greg Williams has, and as far as he has a resume, um, he should be thankful. He has a defensive coordinator job within the NFL. Um, So it's very odd that he got labeled with the interim tag. But I think the Browns like what he's done with this young defense. And if there's a possibility with whatever head coach is brought in, and maybe if it's a younger offensive-minded guy, because look, everybody looks at the Rams and looks at McVay and Wade Phillips, Greg Williams could maybe be that type of guy if you had a young offensive coordinator, I mean, young offensive-minded guy who's going to be head coach who just needed somebody to take care of the defense so he could just do his own thing. I think there's a possibility there. I don't think they wanted to close the door on Greg just yet. I'm not saying he's going to be around long term, but I think they like what he's done with this young defense to this point. Well, and you can understand that they like what he's done with the defense, but at the same time, uh, Bounty Gate is what it is, and that's a big deal. So to me, it's going to be something to watch. I'm not saying he's that same guy that did that, but that was still a huge story in the NFL, and you have to think that the NFL is – really going to be curious about this move, uh, giving him a head coaching gig again, or giving him a head coaching gig, even if it's interim. Yeah, it was definitely interesting, and now, especially now that Jimmy Haslam is a part of the committee that you know is that sets what Roger Goodell's, Roger Goodell's salary is, it was definitely, it just didn't seem like it made any sense. It didn't seem like it was a possibility even, um, but Todd Haley was just doing his own thing, and Todd Haley, I think, came here with the thought of, this could be my head coaching gig within three weeks. And then the team got to 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. And then a, a big statement here was when they were traveling down to Tampa and John Dorsey said to Carlos Hyde, we're going to Tampa, you're taking that plane over there and you're going to Jacksonville. And it kind of showed and it cemented that Todd Haley was concerned about Todd Haley and what was best for him as opposed to being an offensive coordinator for a team very young in age but he wasn't, you know, look, Nick Chubb is obviously somebody John Dorsey has a lot of faith in. He put a very high premium pick in him. Wasn't getting any run. So I, I think it came to the point where John Dorsey said to, you know, him, look, you're going to play my guy because the guy you're playing instead of him isn't here anymore. And then when it all came and unraveled as this day went on, it's just that was Todd was doing his own thing, which was no worse than Hugh, who wasn't getting it done. But Todd was more in it for himself, and they just jettisoned both of them. Well, did you look at that, and Todd doing his own thing really kind of reminds me of his days in Kansas City. So uh, not too much of a surprise there for me, but, uh, you know, it's a good thing for you guys. I'm really curious what it's going to be like to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, what, five days after, I guess six days after you guys fire your head coach and your offensive coordinator. 
this was not going to be a a good game anyway. Um, I think uh, there's just no way this was going to well. Look, I mean, uh, first things first, Patrick, Mahomes, Tyree Kill, uh, Hunt, obviously. Uh, I'm so glad I have many shares of them in fantasy. It's it's working out very well. Um, this team, you know, with all the points they're putting on here. So, like, a lot of people like, oh, well, why didn't they wait till next week? So why? You can discourage people even more after, you know, you guys maybe come in and drop 40-plus. So I think it was just time. It was just they were done. And this game Sunday at home, I mean, obviously we'd feel more comfortable it was on the road because it wouldn't be within the own venue. But it's it's going to be a very difficult matchup. And obviously, you know, what is going on there with Kansas City and just the way they're playing, you know, uh, you know uh, calling plays. And it was almost like, well, well, Sammy Watkins, I gave him all that money. And then all of a sudden he puts up a monster game this past week. Just weapons for days. And the one thing I want to ask you, Chris, is, I mean, all of us really kind of liked Patrick Mahomes, the player. But in your guys' wildest imagination, did you really think this was going to happen this fast with him once he got to finally get some playing time? Not as fast as it has. Uh, to me, I thought, and I've, I, you could go back and you listen to all the shows from earlier this season. I said that, you know, it's unfair because I, I took a poll of all the fans and asked, what do you expect his stats to be? And some were saying, you know, 30 touchdowns and 4,500 yards and, you know, less than 10 picks. And I'm sitting there going, uh, that would be like best all time for rookie QBs. And I, and I pretty much call him a rookie QB still. Um, I understand he's a second-year player, but he didn't play at all. He played one game last year. But it goes to show you that him playing that one game – was good for him, but I don't think that's what got him to where he is. He dove into the playbook. He dove into learning how to be a professional and following Alex Smith. I did not expect him to be this good this quick, but I do think that it's something that he's going to continue to build on because I think he's still being uh, brought along in the offense and what Andy Reid wants to do. Yes, Reid is doing things that actually help him, uh, but I do think that it's going to evolve over time as well. Well, I think there's still more that you can add with him. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, ridiculous athlete. Um, you know, he can throw balls that maybe, what, two, three other quarterbacks in this league can throw. You know, the Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, I don't know if Tom Brady can even make all the throws these guys can make. So maybe it's even less than the number I said. Well, but Russell it, Wilson is the other one I would bring to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe Matt Stafford. Yeah, and that's about it because, I mean, you need the perfect blend of athleticism and arm strength and, you know, uh, Mahomes. Now, look, you know, me here in New Jersey, I, you know, I'm familiar with his father. I saw his father pitch for the New York Mets. And I, it, it does surprise me because, you know, normally a lot of times, like, we see so much when we go, you know, draft-wise where so much people are predicated on, you know, success in college. And it wasn't that he wasn't successful, but a lot of times, you know, people want to predicate, you know, wins and how the program did. And he's just, uh, and you know, maybe it's because he's got the perfect blend of weapons, whether it's a Kelsey, a Hill, a Watkins, a Hunt. And, uh, I'm just embarrassed even going this deep with, <laughs> with what all he's got going on. But, I mean, you just absolutely have to love it for the young man. And, you know, there's still some here in Cleveland. There's a small faction that said we knew he was this good. And then there's always the after-the-fact people that said, see, we should have taken him. And, you know, well, of course he can say that now when he's got 26 touchdown passes through eight games. And I do believe that matches what Alex Smith did last year. Yes, it does. Wow. Through eight. Insane, Chris. It's just absolutely insane. And the pace he's on, video game numbers. Literally video game numbers. 
You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is we don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us, guys. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Go lay down some cash and win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Go join my bookie now, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Well, yeah, he could throw 52 touchdowns this year. Uh, that's what he's on pace for right now. Uh, his his yards per the season actually went down because it was just barely over 300 yards. But uh, look, yeah, look at that. I mean, seven games in a row over 300 yards passing. He's still on pace for 5,054 yards passing this year. And imagine if they ever got into a game where they were a little bit behind. And, and, right. What, and the numbers he would bring to you. And it, it, it's just been a pleasure to watch this year. Uh, defensively, uh, it, I, I don't even know like how to scheme with this. Uh, you know, Do you take Denzel Ward and just say, let's hope we can take away Tyreek Hill? And But even still, then there's the rest of it coming that way. And look, now that Greg Williams is head coach, Greg always loves him some blitzing. Please, Greg, don't do that. Please <laughs> don't blitz him. Look, if we can oh, get Oh, no, no, no. Please blitz. Please blitz. Yes. But look, Miles Garrett can get home. Uh, you know, Jannard Avery has shown ability to get home. You're going to get some, you know, inside pass rush from Larry Ogunjobi. But it, just what they're doing offensively right now, it's just it, it's just off the charts, Chris. And I, gotta, I can't lie to you. It is insanely fun to watch from a guy who's got no, you know, dog in the race. It is so much fun to watch what they've been doing to this point. Well, and I appreciate that. I will tell you this, that Chiefs fans have been clamoring for a homegrown superstar QB for quite some time. Looks like they finally got one. Uh, so I'm thankful in that regard. But you guys look like you have a QB in Baker Mayfield as well. Um, you look at what he's been able to do so far this season. Obviously, it's not equating to wins just yet, but I don't – necessarily put that on him near as much as I look at the situation that's behind him, you know, the coaches and the offensive coordinator who are obviously gone now. Where do you think, what do you think the progression, his progression is going to be the rest of the season? Because to me, that's another reason I wouldn't have made the move to Greg Williams because he's not a offensive guy and you invested all this capital draft capital in Baker Mayfield. Uh, that's a big move. Um, well, the thing is, is I think once they moved on from Hugh, and look, Hugh was no longer calling plays, and you know whether he says, I stuck my nose in here, I stuck my nose in that room. I think it got to the point where if he wasn't involved with the offense, and look, everybody, yeah, obviously you Chiefs fans know, with Todd Haley, nobody's sticking their nose into Todd Haley's room. So there was nothing being taken from Hugh in that regard. And look, I'm more than fine with that. He should have never been here for the season to begin with. But uh, you know, it seemed like Baker and him had a pretty good working relationship 
But Todd Haley was calling what Todd Haley wanted to call. He wasn't looking at the big picture. This offensive line, they give Baker Mayfield at best 2.5 seconds. It was even a little worse this past Sunday against Pittsburgh. But they were calling long, developing pass routes. And you're doing this with Jarvis Landry, who's a pretty established veteran player in this league. But you're also doing it with two rookie wide receivers. David Ajoku, who's a tight end and still growing on the job. And then you you factor into the fact that you just made a running back change as well. Nick Chubb is a running back. He does not give you anything else. He is a straight running back, handing the ball. That's what he's good at. They have found no way to really get Duke Johnson involved this year, who is a solid receiving weapon. And I think maybe it is because for Duke Johnson's entire career with the Cleveland Browns, he excelled in a lot of games where they were down. Now that they, you know, have had games, and you know, most of the game, uh, you know, six out of uh, I'm sorry, uh, six out of eight games, they went wire to wire as far as the games being close. So I don't think they've realized how to use Duke Johnson in you know those equations. So they're almost wasting a guy, and it's even worse because John Dorsey, and this is probably why they moved on from Todd Haley, is they extended Duke Johnson in the offseason. They gave him more money. You know, They told him that they wanted him to be a fixture of what's going on here, and he's just not being used in that regards. But Baker has been everything is advertised to this point. Um, the fact that he did not start the first three games, after week one, it was obvious. You know, Tyrod Taylor was making rookie mistakes. They went down to Orleans. He threw a key fourth quarter interception that ended up, you know, putting the Saints up in front. And they tried a late, you know, fifty something yard field goal to tie it. It just wasn't working out. Um, you know, obviously Tyrod got hurt in the third game against the Jets. Baker came in and hit the ground running. And guys like David Najoku were involved. And he started, you know, Rashard Higgins is one of Baker's is probably Baker's favorite receiver. He's been out the last couple of weeks pretty noticeable his absence that they've not been able to get so much pa- you know the passing game going but now you have Jarvis Landry who you're paying 14 million dollars you're not really getting the return of that investment you've got Antonio Callaway who was a fourth round pick did not play any ball whatsoever in 2017 Damian Ratley you're featuring who's a 23 year old rookie sixth round pick it's great that you have these guys but they're be- they were pushed into a position that they were not ready for and now you combine that with a rookie quarterback. You combine that with an undrafted free agent left tackle. Chris Hubbard at right tackle has not been a sign that it's worked out very well for them. So it's very hard to you know be able to establish long drives and get down the field when the best you can do for your rookie quarterback is give him 2.5 seconds to throw. Well, and I have to ask the question. You say that their right tackle has not been a good signing for them. What does that make you feel for this game against the Chiefs who just had D Ford uh, go off for three three sacks, eight pressures, and two forced fumbles? It makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous. And I, I don't think there's – I think you can maybe be – what I would do, first of all, is they had toyed in the preseason and actually started games with Joe Batonio playing left tackle. Maybe it's time to do that. Uh, put Desmond Harrison, put Chris Hubbard together – Figure something out on the right side. Whoever has the best week of practice, whatever, switch them drive by drive. But you need to protect because the worst thing that can happen right now is you've got the next decade, hopefully, wrapped up in in Baker Mayfield. But if he gets injured, he gets dinged, where do you go from here? And it was a rough start last Sunday. Um, They got Tyrod up. They had him throwing, had him ready. Um, but Baker Mayfield is just the type of guy he's going to go forever. He's going to—he's not going to say, "All right, you know what? It's been a rough day. Go ahead and let Tyrod finish up." It's just not the way the guy is wired. 
but sometimes you got to look out for the greater good. And when you and the biggest issue is is you have two tackles that you're starting week in week out, and these guys are maybe 290 pounds. It, it, it's bad. I, I have a lot of concerns about this week. I'd love to hear that the weather is absolutely going to be terrible, which will slow you guys down, <laughs> and maybe they could run the ball 35, 40 times. So, you know, maybe they'll put a little whammy over there. The weather week one for Pittsburgh, it'd be great if that came through Cleveland this weekend because they got to do everything they can to shorten this game. And they can't think that they can get in this drive for drive and score for score with this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Now, wait a second. The last time Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes played Ooh. in a game, what was it? Uh, 1,200 uh, passing yards? Between yeah, the two something of them? like that. So, you know, and obviously we don't expect that on Sunday. Uh, I do think that it's going to be a closer game than maybe most think, and that may be because there's a couple of things. Kansas City's going to be dealing with injuries. Uh, who knows how long Anthony Hitchens is going to be out, but it does sound like he'll miss some time with a uh, severely bruised uh, ribs. Um, so that could be a big thing for Kansas City. Uh, they still don't have Eric Berry. They still don't have Justin Houston. Um I would like to feel confident that Kansas City will win this game uh, and win it handily, but I also don't want to look at it and think that Kansas City couldn't overlook this team. And I don't mean anything against the Browns, but I think you could understand why they might be looking ahead at their schedule. I can certainly understand it. I mean, because now you're getting to the point where it's you know you know you do not want to give up a game that you should have. And guys, you're listening to Crossover Wednesdays on the Locked On Network, Locked On Cheese with Chris Clark, Locked On Browns with my host, uh, with myself here, your host Jeff Lloyd. Guys, uh, Matt Williamson, Locked On NFL, does a fantastic job with the show. Mondays, you get you know Locked On hosts. I'm sure Chris and uh, obviously his cohort have been part of it. We got to be part of it for once. But then uh, you know, so then Tuesdays you get Sage Rosenfels. Wednesdays, Wednesdays you get Mike Renner from PFF. Thursdays you get Mike Sando from ESPN. Matt on Friday gives you his picks for the entire slate of games for the weekend. So the Locked On NFL podcast, guys, find a way to slip it into your rotation because it's really good stuff and Matt works really hard and is really connected within the league circles. Now, Chris, as we keep going further, uh, the defensive side of the ball here, um, Stevie Nel- Steven Nelson, obviously you guys moved on from Marcus Peters. It, it, it's just been, I think they've done a good enough job now, how confident do you feel going further when you guys are going to have to start facing some of the league's elite defensively? Uh, is the defense holding up, in your opinion, or are you going to have some concerns when you're going up against somebody who could put up points similar to what this Chiefs offense has been doing to this point? Ask me again in three weeks when they play the Rams. Because, <laughs> honestly, right now, I don't know. Uh, I think they've held up pretty well at times, but at the same time, um, you know, they really seem to be struggling against the run, but teams don't seem to be able to run on them because Kansas City gets up early and then teams have to try to pass to catch up. And obviously that is not going to work in a team like the Broncos' favor who have, who has Case Keenum that is struggling this year. Um, you know, so I think Baker Mayfield, if he can continually, you know, throw the ball around, I think he'll be all right. Uh, but really, if they could establish a running game and keep the game close, I think that really helps Cleveland uh, in this game. Well, that's actually what we showed on Sunday. The first quarter actually, you know, ended up six nothing. Nick Chubb was able to get going off. They were able to get some play action off of it. But it, it, there's just going to be so much here. And now, Freddie Kitchens, uh, Freddie Kitchens, who was the uh, running back coach 
and is now the offensive coordinator. He actually uh, got to call plays for the fourth preseason game. And now Baker, who was not going to start week one, played the first half of that game. They were able to put up 25 points. So there's something there. And I think, you know, Kitchens, you know, kind of, you know, catches the vibe that Baker's given off. But this is, you know, doing it against pretty much, you know, the top dog of opponents of this AFC. So I I do believe that they have a nice working relationship together. Um, Can they have a solid commitment to the run? Like you said, now here's the thing. I mean, if Kansas City ends up with the ball first, goes up early, and and puts it in a position where, you know, you kind of got to put the run game in your back pocket, it's going to be a tough sell. Um, So it's interesting with that dynamic. And the other dynamic is, look, we know Denzel Ward. They've kind of been switching up things differently. Demarius Randall's played some free safety. He's played some cornerback. Uh, Breen Bodie Calhoun has played some free safety. He's played some cornerback. Um, this team, obviously, EJ Gaines, um, you know, it's two weeks out now with the, the concussion. So whether or not he's going to play this week, we're not sure. Uh, your guy's old friend, Ter- uh, Terrence Mitchell. Uh, Terrence Mitchell uh, will not be available for this game, obviously, on IR with the uh, broken arm he suffered in the Oakland game. He vows to be back this year. Um, whether or not we're going to get him, we'll see. But he had been playing really well because as a, a number two cornerback, he was responsible for four turnovers. You don't normally look at a number two cornerback and get a lot of turnovers. And that's one thing this defense has really been able to do is turn the ball over. But in the same respect, though, it doesn't seem like this Kansas City offense has been turning the ball over that much. No, it doesn't. Uh, at this point, I can only think of maybe one, maybe two fumbles at most. I think I know of one in particular. I'm not sure I can think of a second uh, that they've given away. And Patrick Mahomes has thrown six interceptions this season so far now the one thing that i will say about mahomes is uh he started out didn't have any interceptions the first four games and now he's thrown interceptions in back in back-to-back games uh for the past four games so that is something that's concerning if they turn the ball over uh i do think it's a possibility the question is is you know what is this cleveland defense going to be able to do to really try to trick him uh, because at this point, it seems like you have to have a ton of talent. You have to have uh, corners that are willing to uh, run all over the field every single snap because Tyree Kill is going to make you run all over the field every single snap. Um, and you have to be able to defend every single blade of the grass. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but with the way he's been playing, that's really the way your defense has to play. Because it doesn't matter where he is originally going with a target he will throw the ball across his body uh, with abandon and usually be on target with it. Well, the issue is, is um, you know, like I said, they have been you know, flip-flopping defensive backs. Demarius Randall is going to have to play free safety. He is the best free safety they have. Uh, they were, you know, used him in some corner this week. Derek Kendra got burned by a touchdown on Antonio Brown. Everybody wanted to call out Denzel Ward. No, Denzel Ward walked Antonio Brown to the zone where... Kendrew was supposed to be. He fell for a pump fake from Ben Roethlisberger, and it turned into a, you know, about a 40-something yard touchdown pass. So, you know, Demarius Randall's going to have to play deep. Uh, look, they have Jabril Peppers and Derek Kendrew. They're good, but they're more safeties that are good. You know, they're best within 10 yards within the line of scrimmage. Plays that are kept in front of them. Um, Kelsey, I'm not really sure how they're going to handle this. Uh, Jamie Collins is here, but he's never been the guy that we saw in New England where you could take him out and line him up one-on-one with the tight end. The mismatches are going to be there, and look, me here on the East Coast, I've seen Andy Reid do this for years. I'm sure he's foaming at the mouth. Uh, Denzel Ward usually stays to a side, and with Tyreek Hill, 
I'm not so sure if you just want to put him on Tyreek Hill every snap, or do you want to you know put another corner on him and put some safety help over it. It's going to be really tough. And all the other thing is that we're in influx here now where anything we may have seen for the first eight weeks could be drastically different this week. Uh, Greg Williams, uh, Greg Williams loves himself some blitzing. This probably is not the week to do that. But also the key, though, is this defensive line has shown a, a pretty solid effort to be able to consistently get home and get pressure. If they're really humming on Sunday, yeah, that maybe can help out everything. But the other problem is is Greg Williams is playing this defensive line at a ridiculous snap count amount. These guys are playing... I mean, uh, Miles Garrett has the highest snap count amount among any DN in the league. Larry Ogunjobi, no, I think he has 100 more snaps than any other intent, uh, interior defensive guy. So it, these guys are now gassed. In fact, they're in four overtime games. And the fact that almost every one of these games has gone down the wire except for two. These guys are just physically tired to this point. And they're not giving them days off from practice, which maybe would have been a good idea at this point for the snap rate they're playing. So I do have concerns in that area. But, I mean, Chris, like I said, a lot of this recipe is up to a, just a not a pretty outcome on Sunday. Well, as a Chiefs, as a Chiefs person, I'm very happy to hear that. But at the same <laughs> time, uh, you know, I would love to see him get to 8-1. and one. Uh, Don't get me wrong. And I'd love, you know... I, with the schedule they have right now, it looks like, and again, no offense to your team, but it looks like that they got back-to-back games that should be a little bit easier to win uh, before they go up against the Rams in Mexico City. Uh, my question to you is, if you are this Cleveland offense, how do you attack this Kansas City defense? Because they have given up points, they've given up yards, um, but unless you have an ability to score on three-fourths of your drives even, it's going to be a very hard time keeping up with the the score. The only, I mean, look, you, you got to play small ball. I mean, and what they need to do is they need to shorten the game. So there has to be a commitment to the run. And maybe if with, with Kitchens you do some different things. You know, do you show some looks where you have Duke Johnson in the backfield and Nick Chubb and somebody motions out? You have to keep this defense on their toes because you need long, sustaining drives. And this was even what hurt them on Sunday. They pretty much controlled the entire first quarter, but they only walked out of it with a 6 nothing lead. You are not beating the Kansas City Chiefs with field goals. Not in a million years are you beating the Chiefs with field goals. So commitment to the run. The less time Mahomes is watching from the sidelines is the best friend to it. Now, but the problem is, though, is, is you have this rookie quarterback who you like what he can do. Um, and like I said, if Rashard Higgins can be back this week, it gives you yet another, it gives you another weapon. But when you're, you know, out there with Jarvis Landry, who's trying to play wide receiver one, which he's not, and a bunch of rookies, uh, David Njoku can be, a, can be a handful of times, but he's never shown you that nine for 127 tight end output that you would see from a guy like Antonio Gates. Very promising, but he's never shown to truly dominate a game. The best thing they can do is run the ball, run it effectively, and keep this Chiefs offense off the field as much as possible. If they can get themselves even, obviously, if they can, if they end up with more time of possession, they have a shot. But they need a significant time of possession increase, uh, you know, over the Chiefs to even have a thought of smelling a W on this Sunday. How are you feeling about your team knowing that all these changes are going on and they have this big game that they have coming up? Obviously, it was a game that 
Uh, many would say that they don't have a chance of winning before any of the changes. Do you think that all of these changes are going to give them an opportunity to uh, really rally around each other and rally around their new coach? I think I, I think the they are free. I, I think they were done with Hugh Jackson, and this is what we talk about. And look, and Patrick Mahomes is a, a perfect example. The modern day athlete, these guys, you can't approach them like they were approached twenty five, thirty years ago, where the coach says to the player, "We're going to do it my way. Do it. I'm the coach. You're the player. Do it this way." You've, there's got to be some given, you know, some back and forth and some give and take, and for the player truly to believe in the coach, he's got to understand where he's coming from and understand why I'm calling this. X, Y, and Z, or these are your audibles you can hear. These are the audibles you can use here. And that was the problem is you had Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, and even Greg Williams. All these guys are old school from the, well, this is the way I've always done it, so just do it. And it does not work with these guys nowadays. It's just, you know, I have kids. I understand. You can't just, it's not the do what you're told. It doesn't work this way anymore. Uh, you know, obviously younger younger people are better educated they you know they understand things better they understand things deeper so you've got to find that groove where you can get them to buy in but also get them to understand why you're saying this is why we're going to do this or this is why we're going to do that and that's just the way it's got to be um Baker Mayfield wants to win the young nucleus on this team they want to win it's it, it it's more towards 2019 but these guys just need to go back to putting in consistent efforts for 60 minutes or maybe even 70 minutes is kind of what they're growing accustomed to. But this is what needs to happen here and get these guys ready for every spot to be 29 contenders for their division and hopefully make a little noise in the playoffs. A lot of big things going on with this game in this matchup. Uh, what do you think ends up being the final score? Yeah, the predictions. This is going to be an interesting one, and I've tried to keep everyone somewhat close. And then I, but the one I go back to is the Charger game, thirty-five-seven. If you wanted, I mean, if you wanted to say thirty-five ten Chiefs, thirty-eight ten Chiefs, the question is whether or not they can stick committed to the run and at least try to shorten the game. That would be the biggest friend for the Cleveland Browns. But I mean, look, this was one. Even after Week One, when I saw you guys, you saw you guys game versus the Chargers, I knew it was going to be a difficult task. This is one I just don't see any way it does not get out of hand. So you know, obviously, any money you have, put completely on the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and are you going to hit the over, or are you going to hit the under? Uh, do uh, depends on what the over is, because I'm you know I, you know Kansas City can hit it on themselves. It depends what they're going to factor Cleveland into. But if you're going to put it at about forty-five. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, heck, Kansas City might hit that on their own. <laughs> right now it's 51 and a half. 51 and a half. I'll take, the, I'll take the under just because I'm not sure if Cleveland, how much Cleveland's going to bring to it. Fair enough. Jeff, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, Chris. Um, you know, guys, this has been your, uh, you know, uh, Crossover Wednesdays, Locked On Browns with myself, Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Chiefs with Chris Clark. Uh, guys, we appreciate everybody, uh, you know, for, for listening, everything you do, uh, you know, all the feedback, support we all get as the shows we do. It means a lot, and that's why we continuously work our butts off to do everything we can for you guys. Uh, you know, for everybody, uh, you know, enjoy the game as we head on into this Sunday. Big, change, big changes for the Browns. Obviously, the Chiefs just hoping to keep this ball rolling the way they have. And, you know, obviously headed to some bigger, more meaningful games. Uh, so everybody enjoy it. And uh, obviously uh, for Chris and Ryan and for myself, you know, we'll talk soon. Everybody, 
Thank you, everybody, for your support. Appreciate it.